Learning and Development, Episode 6, Things That Pop, written by Michelle Whelan, narrated by AI Voice Simulation, Ellie. They're done, I said to myself after hitting the send button. I looked at my watch and noticed it was about 4 p.m. I could do two things here, screw it and go home early, or go and annoy Doug. Both options are great and I want to do both, but I knew I could only have one choice. I got up from my desk and went to Doug's office. I hang in the doorway of Doug's office watching him typing away. He suddenly stopped typing and looked in my direction. What's wrong, Sarah? Sent the stuff off to SciFly, I casually told him. I was still hanging in the doorway while Doug stared at me. He didn't move, nor did I. I knew this would bother him. He let out a little huff and looked around the room. At the same time, I continued to stand there, hanging off the doorframe casually. Are we done? Doug asked. For the day, yes, I said. Doug closed his laptop's lid and placed his hands on top of it folded. He tilts his head and continues to stare at me. Okay, now I'm the one who is freaked out by this. I stood up straight and folded my arms in front of me. You want to go? Doug said. Yeah, let's get out of here, I told him. We stared at each other before Doug got sick of this weird game between us. Okay, I know a great place to go. I hated when he said that. I knew this place and did not want to return there again. No, I shouted him. I do not want to go to the stripper club. It is sad and gross, not gross in a good way. Like the place is never clean and the carpet looks like a rejected carpet from a skating rink. Everyone there is either sad, lonely men or losers who go there because they get treated like kings. I shook my head. Seriously, Doug, it looks like a retirement place for old and used strippers. Old and used up strippers still need to work, Doug replied. I stood there trying to think of a response, but felt like I walked into that one. Doug got up from his desk, and I finally said, I am the CEO of my own company. CEOs don't hang out at stripper clubs. Doug stood in front of me. He placed his hands around my shoulder and said, Well, that's what you think. Then he shuffled me to the side and walked through the door. We gather at the front of the office with chastity. I was looking at my phone to see if I could find new places to visit and noticed a bar down the road. Hey, why don't we go here? I hold my phone up to show them both the new place. Can't see why not, Doug said. Oh, goody, a new place, Chastity said excitedly. I walked out of the door. This new place wasn't that much better. It was a dark bar and some people liked to keep to themselves. There was no music playing and their beer was plain and stale. I felt stupid suggesting this place. I stared out the window while I sipped my beer. And then, out of nowhere, a bird flew straight into it, making me jump. There goes another drone, Chastity said while sipping her colorful drink. Drone? I asked her. She turned towards me like I asked the wrong thing. Yes, a drone. I wouldn't be surprised that some government cleanup crew would be out there soon, picking up the mess before anyone notices. Am I hearing this right? Chastity believes that the birds are nothing but government-run drones? I sat up straight, and I asked her one more time. Drones? You think birds are drones? I don't think. I know, she said. There is no way she is serious? That bird is a drone? I tilted my head up, trying to comprehend the situation. She took a sip of her drink and then said, It's on the internet. Birds are nothing but government-run drones. They fly around spying on you and collecting your data and dinner. Okay, I'll bite this one. Dinner? I asked, wondering. All I can imagine is what the government would do with our dinners. 
Is it going to be like breakfast, finding new and corporate ways to sell us dinner? Oh no, breakfast is no longer the most important meal of the day. It's dinner. Yes, our dinner, she answered me. But the way she pronounced dinner with an A on the end made it sound like it was something else. Spell it? Doug finally jumped in on this nonsense. DNA, Chastity said quite proudly. That's DNA, Chastity, DNA. It's our building blocks and everything in life. It's what makes you, you. DNA is an abbreviation for deoxyribonucleic acid. Doug turned to glance at me, impressed by my knowledge. I turned my attention back to Chastity. You seriously believe this? She nodded while sipping her drink. It's not a matter of believing. It's a matter of knowing. It's there on the internet. Why would the internet lie to me? I couldn't believe what I was hearing. Oh my God, please tell me you don't believe the world is flat too? I said in one breath. Chastity quickly put her drink down and almost choked on her mouthful. Oh my God, Sarah, yes, the world is flat. Don't tell me you believe this whole bullshit that it's round. Everyone knows it's flat. Those who say it's round just to get a rise. You know, like internet trolls. Did she just compare science facts to internet trolls? I closed my eyes in disbelief. I can't believe I'm having this conversation. I just sat there, not able to say a word. I swallowed all my pride just to ask, what evidence, apart from the internet, do you have to say it's flat? Floods, she said in one word. Floods? Doug finally chimed in yet again. Yes, floods. If the world was round, we wouldn't have so many floods. I dropped my head. I could not believe this was real. She actually explained that to me. Do I need to reprogram her? I don't know why. I really should have stopped right there and changed the subject, but I had to ask, if the world is flat, why don't we hear more about people going over the edge? She moved her fingers around in a circle on the table while explaining the world's flatness. There is a ring of ice on the edge of the world. No one can get over that ring. It's keeping us all in place. I couldn't breathe. I sat there shocked, absolutely shocked. She continues with her facts. There are only three main countries in the world, America and Canada, Europe and China. Oh, and Russia. Forgot about Russia. There is no such thing as Australia. As an Australian, I couldn't help but take offense to this utter bullshittery. Still, my curiosity got the better of me. I picked up my glass of stale beer and asked her, so if there is no such thing as an Australian, then explain Hugh Jackman or Margot Robbie. Or better yet, explain a kangaroo or an emu. I lowered my glass and said, what is a koala? See, the thing with AI is that it creates mythical creatures to look real. You can tell all images of these mythical creatures are fake, she explains herself. She then leaned on the table towards me and said, people who claim to be from Australia are nothing but low lives from the bad side of New Jersey. I didn't know how to take this information. I was shocked to the core. New Jersey? Not even the good side of New Jersey, but the bad side? Wait, does New Jersey have a bad side? I literally couldn't talk. I just sat there with little noises coming out. Doug finally jumped in again. How can you tell? It's their accents. They sound like a cross between Jersey and English. I continued to sit there, still making small noises, trying to gather my thoughts. It makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. Doug wanted to continue to poke the bear on this. What about the moon? Doug decided to continue on Chastity's belief system. Nope, we never went, she added. There was so much of that conversation I needed to clean up. But instead, I just walked away. I arrived at the office the following week to find there was an email from Monica. 
Hey guys, thanks for the fast turnover time. The team and I will be reviewing these courses. Thanks, Monica. This left a little smile on my face as she was happy with what we had got, but they soon changed by the afternoon. When Doug and I received another email, guys, we have been through the courses and many things need fixing. Please refer to our PDF provided in the email, Monica. I huffed at the idea of fix-ups. I knew there would be some fix-ups, but this email sounded serious. I got onto Teams and messaged Doug. Boardroom? He wrote back, boardroom. We set ourselves up in the boardroom and opened the PDF on my computer and the main course on the TV. One thing I can never understand about clients is how bad they are at following instructions. When we send the course to our clients, we send them a review link. Articulate are clever to provide this with every course we build to help us understand where the fix-ups need to go and what slide or scene. We provide the link with detailed instructions explaining how to use these links. That way, we can keep all the information in one spot. Monica and her team are not the first, and I will not be surprised if they won't be the last clients of ours who just simply refuse to use these links. I could see the expression on Doug's face when he looked at the PDF. Another thing the client will keep explaining to us is that they prefer to write it out in Word doc rather than the link. The link is too confusing. Have you read the reviews? Doug asked me. I glance at reviews before taking a nosedive into the builds again. But there was something about these reviews that didn't settle right. The tone in Doug's voice set the stake for what I was about to go for. I opened the PDF and glanced at it. What I could see was a lot of words and a few images. Statements were popping out at me that made my head shake. What does that even mean? I asked Doug as I pointed at my laptop screen. Change the word from to form? I continued. Does this mean we need to read every single line of content to find the word from and change it to form? I sat there shaking my head again. They have 13 modules. Is this a mistake in module one or four or is it in module eight? What if the word was supposed to be from, but they prefer form instead? It's a simple mistake, Sarah. I guess we need to sit here and go through each module and see if we can cross each one off, Doug said as he swung his chair to face the TV. I sighed and opened the storyline file. Okay, let's start with module one then. Four hours later, my head was feeling fuzzy, so we cleaned up three modules. I needed a break. I needed fresh air. I needed water. Locked up in a boardroom with no open windows can take a lot out of you. I was standing in the kitchen drinking my glass of water when Doug joined me. I know it's hard, but at least we are making amends. I wonder if Doug was trying to make good out of a bad situation or if was he trying to make small talk with me. But I answered him. The worst part about this is we are cleaning up mistakes they made. I just copy and paste the content into the course. So if the word from is there instead of form, that's their mistake, not ours. Maybe they need to check their work before sending it over. Doug leaned on the kitchen sink with a mug in his hand. He thought about what I said and then took a sip. With a long, dragged-out sigh, he said, Yes, that may be true, but it is also our job to ensure the work is polished. As far as they care, they expect the work to be done and ready to go online as soon as we hand it over, either the first or at least the second time. For an architect who only focuses on LMS, he knows a lot more about building courses than I do. He poured the contents of his cup into the sink and said, Come on, we have another ten more modules to look at. I finally lifted my head to look out the boardroom window to see the day had gone and the night had taken over. I looked down at my watch to see it was already 7.30 p.m. I took a quick stretch to find that we were done. I rendered it and sent the link back to Monica, hoping she would notice when this email was sent. 
I closed my laptop and left it on the table in the boardroom. I watched Doug stand up and stretch, noticing his t-shirt lift up a bit and also noticing how hairy his belly is. He removed his glasses and rubbed his eyes. Hungry? He asked as he placed his glasses back on. Starving, I replied. We grabbed our stuff and left for the night. Another email popped in from Monica. Thanks for these changes, but something about this course doesn't work for me. I appreciate the effort that was put into them, but for some reason, they don't pop for me. Thanks, Monica. I sat there staring at this email. It doesn't pop? What the hell does that mean? I reread it repeatedly, and each time I read this email, I tried to find what pop means. Doug walked into my office. What does pop mean? I asked him. So, you read the email too? Why don't we get her onto a conference call and see if we can figure this one out? I wrote to her to schedule a time to talk about the word pop. I set myself up in the boardroom with all the courses in front of me, all the feedback, and a cup of coffee. Doug was setting up the call, and then Monica popped into the call. Hey, Monica, can you hear me? Doug asked her. Yes, I can hear you, Doug. Thanks for meeting with me, she answered. I didn't care much for the small talk between Doug and Monica, but finally we managed to get to the matter at hand. We are okay with the courses and the fix-ups, but I don't feel like these courses aren't the best work. There is also a lot of information missing and not really what I was asking for in a course, Monica finally answered. What does that mean? I heard Doug answer her with a question. He didn't let me jump in and ask this question. I know e-learning sucks and is boring, but you guys did promise me courses that will blow minds. I have seen some of your stuff on your website and it's nothing like I got. I got the same boring courses I would have gotten if I built them myself, she responded. This pissed me off. We take pride in everything we build. We also get to know the learners before we produce to understand how and what kind of build we are doing here. It was written into the contract and something we would ask in our first meeting. I finally chimed in. What makes these courses boring? I need to understand where I went wrong to fix the issue making sure our clients walked away happy and with a product they wanted. Monica paused for a bit, thinking of this response. It was like it took her off guard. The course layout looks more like PowerPoint. The colors used in the course are quite dull. We followed the style guide you provided, I said back, now starting to get really angry at this situation. Style guide is a guide, not the Bible. They are suggested colors, Monica added. I had to stop myself from talking again. I knew I had a few more choice words to add here, but it was not the time or the place. Is this why the course doesn't pop? Doug finally asked that question. Well, yeah, I could have done better myself, Monica answered. I was ready to tell her, fine, then you do them. But I swallowed my anger and said, that's fine. Doug and I will review it again and send a review link to the course. Could you and your team carefully detail what needs changing to make these courses pop? We can do that. We could add more gaming and interaction to make the learners find the information. Monica screwed up her face and said, well, this is learning, not playing. Maybe stick to what we give you. I let out a smile and the words, fuck you and your rules, Monica, run through my head. But instead I said, that's fine. We will wait for this. Doug ended the call. Something about this call didn't add up to me. Why would Monica give us vague answers? They didn't sound like straight to the point answers. Something wasn't adding up. We both sat there staring at each other, trying to find the right words to say when Chastity walked into the boardroom. 
she noticed the two of us staring and said, What happened? Our courses don't pop, I snarled. Pop? What does that mean? She asked. We aren't using the right colors, but we are. You can look up the hex codes and they match, I said back. Oh, I get it, Chastity said as she sat down. Sounds like she is either trying to get out of paying for the courses or delaying the process so you guys don't finish in time and therefore not have to pay. I turned to face her. I had no idea what she was saying. It's like she lives in her own little world. Explain, I asked. You see, when at the strip club, we had one of those clients who would give fluff answers on why he shouldn't have to pay for a lap dance. You know the excuses. They were lazy, too heavy, or I couldn't get it up. So they believed they were entitled to a free lap dance. See, we have this policy at the club. Nothing is for free. If the client asked for one, they still needed to pay for it, no matter how bad it was. If the client decides they don't have to, we would push this button in the room, and the client would have to face Big Joe. He was, well, the collector. She smiled at me after explaining herself. I tried to understand what she was saying from the gibberish. She continued, What you guys need is Big Joe. Send him and get your money back. The more I thought about what she was saying, the more it made sense. I pointed my finger at Doug and said, Actually, chastity is right. We need Big Joe, Doug said. No, but what if Monica is trying to get out of paying us? What if our courses are actually good, but she realizes she bit off more than she can chew? Doug didn't understand what I was saying. She doesn't have enough money in the budget, I tell him. Do you remember Hastings Real Estate? The name of this client brought back memories for Doug as I watched him roll his eyes at the mirror of mentioning their name. It's just like that. No matter what we did, we were always wrong. We had to rebuild the courses repeatedly until our contract ran out. I explained to Doug, you guys suck at design, so we aren't renewing your contracts. Remember that? I'm starting to think our courses didn't suck. They were just waiting for contracts to end so they don't have to use our courses. A waste of money, Chastity added. Yes, that maybe. But we spent a lot of our time trying to figure out why they sucked. They kept changing their minds all the time. One minute it was, we need green. The next, nope, we said blue. We would show them the evidence they said green. But for some reason, we misheard them. Doug explains to Chastity, you're right. These guys are doing the same. And we need to stop it. Doug finally joins in this conversation. So now what? I asked. I have a plan, Doug said as he walked out of the boardroom. I don't know what Doug had up his sleeve, but when Doug gets an idea, it's hard to make him change it. Doug burst into my office. Get dressed. We're leaving. I looked down at myself and noticed I was wearing clothes. I didn't understand the question. We making a surprise visit to Monica. Can we do that? I asked. Well, we can call before we come, Doug told me as he got his jacket on. Something about this felt wrong, but I followed along. Doug has never steered me wrong. We arrived at the front of SciFly. Before we headed in, Doug stopped me and pulled out his phone. Monica, hi, it's Doug. See, Sarah and I are in the neighborhood and thought we could pop in and see if we could talk face to face about the latest updates. There was some silence, but Doug's eyebrows were raised and he started biting his upper lip. Then he finally said, good. Great. We will see you soon. Then he hung up the phone. He starts walking up the paths towards the front door. I still have no idea what he is up to, but I followed him into the building. Doug leaned on the receptionist's desk and explained who we were and why we were there. 
Before I say anything, Monica bursts out from behind with a surprise smile. Doug! Sarah, what a surprise! She said to us. Something didn't feel right about this situation. I felt like we were invading some personal space. Monica's tone, the way she was standing up against the door and blocking us from going any further, kept my toes curling in my shoes. I just want to grab Doug and leave. As I went to grab Doug by the hand and the other woman came out of the door, she was shocked to see Monica standing guard over it. She pushed Monica aside and said, Hello, I'm Sally Albright, the CEO of SciFly. This situation didn't improve. If Sally was the CEO, what makes Monica? Doug finally asked, Wait. We thought Monica was the CEO. Well, that's how she introduced herself to us, I added. Sally looked over at Monica, and I could see that Monica was getting nervous about all of this. She kept rubbing her hands together and started to breathe differently. Sally decided to turn her attention back to us. You guys looking for some drone work? Drone work, I questioned. Yes, we supply drones for all sorts of occasions, getting pictures of land for surveying, houses, even the classic like weddings or big corporate parties. We aren't a big corporation and Doug and I will never get married. Doug jumped before I could answer Sally and said, Hang on. If you're the CEO, Sally, what is Monica? Sally looked back at Monica again. She's the head of a learning and development here. She and her team have been building these amazing online training packages for our clients and employees here. Doug and I gave each other a hard stare. We were now confused about what was happening here. We are the L&D team for SciFly, I said. We have been building the courses for you. It felt like I was in a bizarre tennis match, throwing hard stares at the opposition as we tried to get down to this crazy mess. Oh, Sally finally said, as she didn't know what else to say. That's when Monica stepped in and said, Sally, these guys are crazy. They think I owe them money, but really I don't. She turns to us. Go away, you crazy people. Doug pulled out his phone, opened up the courses we built, and showed Sally. Do these look familiar to you? If not, we would go. Sally stood there staring at the course. She slowly took the phone out of Doug's hands. She flipped through the course and said, I think you guys better come in. We followed Sally and Monica to a room in the back of the building to find four other people sitting there. Sally introduced us to them. This is our L&D team, Sonia, Andrew, Jeff, and David. Doug and I waved at them. They were just as confused. Sally sat on one of the spare tables in the room and said, So Monica, you have all our attention. What is it you need to tell us? Sally knew what was happening. Doug didn't take long to understand what was happening as he shifted his stand, waiting for Monica to speak. As for the rest of us, as in me and the other four, we were utterly clueless. There was this long, awkward silence in the room. It became impatient as the silence continued on. Monica wouldn't talk. She stood there looking around the room, at her feet, exhaling as she was about to say something. Then it finally hit me. I now know why we were all here. I couldn't believe I didn't see this coming, and it made stupid sense for some reason. I lean on another spare table in the room and wait for Monica to say something. Sally finally had enough and said, Monica, if you don't tell all these guys the truth, it's going to cost the other team money, and added a smile after saying this. Wait, what's the truth? Sonia said. Monica couldn't hold in it anymore. Her numbers were up. She took another long, deep breath and turned to her team. You guys suck at what you do, she said as she let that deep breath out. I was shocked to hear this. Their manager told them straight to their faces that they suck at their job. I know I have been told this a few times in my career, 
but in professional ways more than one. But it came straight out like this was a stab in the career heart. Monica sucked in her lips and continued on. The work you guys do is terrible. It's worse than 90s PowerPoint. Even worse than 90s front page. Ouch! That's all I can think of. Nothing is far worse than being told your work is worse than front page. So, I hired on chalkboard learning to do the courses you were meant to do, she continued. Something about that statement hit me hard. Hang on, we are the outsource? Doug stood beside me to keep me quiet as we were winning this bizarre case. Monica took another one of her deep breaths and said as she let it out, I swap the courses around and make it out like you guys were the ones who built them. Then, I try to explain to the outsourcing company why we don't have to pay them by trying to change the contract or the plan or using a lot of buzzwords or jargon to confuse them. Sometimes it works, and other times, I just pay the 10%. Doug turned his head to look at me. I studied his face. He knew this. He knew she was pulling a scam on us. And us being a young company with not many people in it, she thought she could get away with it, ruining us at the same time. Sally stepped forward and added, I think we need to go to my office, Monica. She led Monica out of the room, leaving the six of us there. I was trying to figure out what to do, whether we stay or go. That bitch, I heard the guy say. It's our fault, really, another said. Our work does suck, he continued. Fuck, I hate learning and development. The worst career choice ever. I heard Sonia say. Wait, I said to them. I hate hearing this. I don't like people talking ill about my career choices, even though they are talking about their own. I remember how hard it was to start off as well. I don't think you guys suck, I continued. I just think you need some time to practice and upskill yourself. I shuffled myself down to one of their computers and opened up YouTube. I typed in articulate storyline into the search engine and found many videos. This is how I learned how to be a good designer. I don't think I'm the best designer, but I try. I am always looking out for new trends in the learning world and trying to keep up with new ideas. I open up another tab, type in Articulate's website, and show them the latest news and templates they could go and use. I'm always using these templates, not just a part of my builds, but I also like to study them. How did they manage to get to work? What triggers are they using? And so on. The four of them gathered around me, watching me and showing them how to improve their career. Online learning doesn't have to suck, guys. You have this. You can change the game. Show them you can make learning fun. I turn around to see Doug. He stood there smiling away. He was glad to see my human side coming out for these guys. He gave me a small thumbs up in appreciation. Doug and I returned to the office. I threw myself on the couch and Doug handed me a cold beer. I feel so sorry for those guys. They were just doing what they were told, I said as I twisted the lid off. Don't feel too bad for them, Sarah. They had to learn one day they suck at their job, Doug said as he took a sip. You don't want them blaming the industry when it's clear they really suck? I turned to face Doug. That's not fair. They weren't properly trained. Neither were you when you first started, he added as he took another sip. Remember that terrible stick figure animation you designed on your first week at LearnUp? Oh, I remember that animation. It was terrible. I only designed it in a week to get the clients off my back. Hey, the client said they loved it, I told him. I gave him a little punch in the arm, which spilled beer on him. Yes, surprisingly, they did. And asked for more of those badly drawn stick figures. Doug wipes his shirt and continues to say, but what I was trying to say here is that you learn from that. You knew they were bad. Everyone knew they were bad. 
and that's when you decided that you wanted to be the best of the best in the industry. So you took it upon yourself to study and learn how to design, build, and what L&D actually means. The ideology and methodology are useless bits of learning. You took it all on, and now you are running your own company, whereas others, like those four, would see L&D as another boring desk job that helps pay the bills in Lego collection. I sat there watching him clean himself up, but his words ran through my head. He was right. I never saw learning and development as some desk job to pay off my Lego collection. I saw this as a real opportunity to make people's lives just that little extra. I helped them get that promotion, becoming a leader, or getting a pay rise, and it was because of the online training that I built. I sipped my beer and said, I hope one of those guys becomes my enemy one day, with their own company and their own team of experts. Doug smiled at me. That's the spirit, Sarah. We got comfortable on the couch and placed on another exciting new episode of DuckTales when I asked, I wonder what happened to Monica? Fired, Doug quickly answered. A ping went off on Doug's phone. He reached around, pulled it out of his pocket and looked at it. And on the plus side, we got paid, he said as he showed me his phone. You have been listening to Learning and Development. Tune in next time.